Well, 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 good people. How are you out there? This is Dwayne. So glad you chose to listen to the podcast. This is day 15 in January 2020, 525,600 minutes and counting 365 days in this year. Minus 15. Time, time, time. It just keeps ticking no matter what. I want to thank you for choosing to subscribe to this podcast. I would also like to thank my sponsors. Thank you so very much. It means the world to me. There's so many things going on in our world. I began to look at some things happening around. And I try to switch up the podcast in many different ways. Just trying to give you some information about many, many different things. Um... I don't think that I'm reinventing the wheel. I think that maybe I may be coming at some things from a different perspective because I'm 46 years old and I know that there are people whom have lived centuries before me. So I'm again, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but what I am doing, what I am doing is trying to bring a different spin on things, so to speak. And there's so many different podcasts out there. There's so many different books that you can read about so many different things. I myself have been dedicating myself to having seminars on a daily basis. Now, the way I grew up, uh, I talk about this often, uh, was that I grew up in the church. And in a way, they talk about tithing, right? Tithe and free will offering is what they would call it. Tithing meaning 10% of your earnings were to be dedicated to the church or to whom you believe the creator, right? And in that 10%, I don't believe that it was ever really expressed that it's just not about the financial, right? 10% of your earnings. But I heard someone say that tithing is also about 10% of your day. So if there are 24 hours in a day, that means two hours and 40 minutes of the day we should be dedicating to bettering ourselves mentally, reading, writing, doing something that's going to honor the creator in some way, shape or form. If you have 10 pairs of shoes and one of them is old or something, right? Give that one pair away. If you have 50 sweaters, (laughs) I went through my closet the other day. I said, I have not worn these sweaters in about 20 years. I said, what am I doing holding on to them? They're people that need them. So I give them away, right? 10% of everything in our lives. Let's just think about this for a second. Some people put 10% away of their paycheck, right? Or I happen to have agents in uh, the entertainment industry. They get 10% of every gig that I do, no matter what. Every week is 10% that comes out of that, right? So investing 10% into me is very, very important. I think investing 10% into you on a daily basis is very important. So in some way, shape or form, if you can figure out a way to feed yourself two hours and 40 minutes a day, that may mean get up an hour early. That may mean get up at 5 a.m., do your workout at 5, feed yourself before you start feeding your children, right? Feed yourself mentally so that you can prepare for your day so that you can set the tone in your home for your children. Start with that. That's one hour. Then 
Some of us commute 30 minutes each way. Then just put on a podcast. You can put on my podcast. (laughs) I do have 30-minute podcasts. I do have something to go longer. You can do a part one and a part two. Actually, a four-part series too. Anyway, so if you're commuting 30 minutes, you have 30 minutes in the car there. Put on a podcast. Stop putting on Hot 97. Stop putting on 107.5 WBLS. You heard all those songs anyway. They play the same ones over and over and over and over again. That's for all of you over here in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. But whatever your radio station is, change it. So that's 30 minutes there, 30 minutes home, right? That's another hour. Then maybe take 20 minute in, in, uh, increments and read something or write something. That's your two hours and 40 minutes right there. Bam, done. So I wanted to offer that, but I also wanted to offer this other thing. There's so many children that I happen to work with. And I've worked with so many children over the years, and I'm sure there are a lot of educators out there, uh, a lot of people who are in child psychology and in childhood development. The one thing I don't believe that a lot of parents really understand, myself included, myself included in this, okay? I'm not excluded from this at all. My daughter is 11. My son is eight. I have done everything in my power to make sure they have all that they need. Now, are there times that I struggle? Yes, because again, as I've said before, there is no universal moral code on how we should rear our children. There is no code. Yes, there are books written, but there are so many different books written. You can't, you know, follow every single one of them. You have to figure out how it works in your household. So many different things, right? And as we prepare to be parents in this world, We try to say we're going to do the absolute best to give our kids everything opposite of what we had or better. Now, some of us may come from incredible childhoods. And God bless you if you had an incredible childhood where you never experienced any type of trauma. There was no type of divorce. There was no type of abuse. Everything was just rosy every day. If you had that experience, I applaud your parents. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that some households do not experience that. Why? Because sometimes we're just not careful about whom we pick. Now, I'm talking to the adults now for a second. We're not careful about whom we pick to procreate with. We're not. And, you know, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. There's a reason why the divorce rate is 50% in our country or more. And I've done podcasts that were specifically going back to World War II, and people think that I'm crazy when I say that. But if you go back and you do the statistical research, I can guarantee you there were less divorces before 1942 than after. There just was. Nowadays, again, there are defined roles that are no longer defined. Women get upset when you say, hey, let me open the door for you. Hey, let me pick up that heavy box for you. They get offended. It's crazy. Anyway, I was getting off there for a second. But we have to be careful about whom we choose to procreate with. It is not something I think that we should take lightly. It's not. One, a lot of our parents, I believe, I'm talking about my generation, which is Generation X. (laughs) Generation X, a lot of our parents were going through some major, major things. You had the civil rights movement, which so many of them were a part of. And they were dealing with traumas that they never healed from. Right. And then we may be one or two generations removed from actual our family being enslaved. We're not that far removed from it. Good people. 
Like 50 years ago was not a long time ago when we were dealing with Jim Crow and all these other things, right? It's not that long ago. I'm 46. So my parents probably went through some traumas that they probably have not ever expressed to me. And sometimes when we go through traumas, we, I'll just say this, in the African-American community, especially dealing with in church and religion, a lot of us are taught, and I, I will just make a general statement, a lot of us are taught that we shouldn't go to other people to tell our problems to. We should tell our problems to the creator whom I grew up with, which was God, right? We should pray about it. We should just say, God, please take away my pain. Please, you know, heal me and all these other things. Heal my trauma, right? And not talk to an actual person who can actually help you get through the pain. But how do we mask that pain? Sometimes that pain is masked through abuse. No other way to say it. Alcohol abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse. It happens because people are just traumatized. And we never really deal with the trauma. Now, again, I can really only talk about my community. And I will say in general, a lot of people talk about black, white, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, German, all these other things, right? They try to clump it all together, clump it all together. I will say from what I've read and from what I've heard in stories about the enslaved people who were African people who were enslaved in this country went through major trauma. No other way to say it. Families were separated. We were separated. We were not even told we could read. We were told to do the work from sunup to sundown. Get the rice out of the ocean. Pick that cotton, right? If you don't do it, you get beat, traumatized. Men, women, and children being raped on a daily basis. This was real. This is not a fallacy. This was something that happened that a lot of people just don't talk about. And as a total community, I believe we have not healed from that trauma. And this is why almost 400 years later, we're still telling the same stories. And a lot of us are taking control about how we actually tell our stories 400 years later. 1619 was a beautiful piece that came out. And a lot of people are like, well, why did she decide to do that? Why would she put that out? That really didn't happen to black people. Like, really, dude? That's your reaction? You got people writing books about history saying that the slaves enjoyed being slaves. In 2020, in 2019, I know that there were stories that were put out in certain districts, not going to say where, where they were giving scenarios of slaves being sold. If blah, blah, blah is three-fifths a person, how many slaves would that equal to boom, boom, boom? Like, seriously. As if it was a joke, as if it didn't happen, as, people, as if people really didn't suffer major, major trauma. And a lot of people are walking around this world with trauma, myself included. I am not excluded from that. I'm not. So where does the healing begin? How can we truly begin to heal from trauma and leave it? How? I wish I really had the answer. I don't have the answer. I don't. <laughs> a lot of us can go to psychologists and psychiatrists and try to figure this thing out. 
But some of it is just this institutionalized thing that some people try to sweep under the rug and say it doesn't exist. No, you're just crazy because you're crazy. No, something happened. There is a cause and there is an effect, I believe. These are only my opinions. These are not my facts. They are only my opinions. So we all are experiencing trauma. We all are trying to make it on a daily basis. Yet so many people walk around with their noses raised up in the sky as if they are better than the next person. Better than. I came from this type of childhood, therefore I'm better than you. That is a crock of absolute garbage. And I don't even know who is the person who actually put that out into the world for somebody else to actually repeat it. There are CEOs who are billionaires in this country whom are miserable with money. Experiencing trauma, dying, $3 billion in the bank with no family around them because they didn't treat people well. Trauma, don't know what to do, right? Trauma just not, just not happened in our community. It happens all over the world. It does. People are experiencing trauma. So I just said that because money does not equal happiness. It just doesn't. Just want to throw that in there. Money does not equal happiness. It does not. Money is not going to make the trauma go away. It's not. We all have some issues that we're dealing with. But how are we going to get to a healing place? Man and between man and woman, between boy and girl, between husband and wife, between father and son, mother and daughter. We've not truly had open conversations about the trauma, the trauma. And I say that word over and over again because almost on a daily basis, we're trying to deal with it and avoid it. Right? I cannot walk through this world on the offensive. I cannot. What do I mean by that? There are some people who walk around this country on the offensive. Meaning that they can say whatever the heck they want to say with no consequences. They can do whatever they want to do. They can have to stand the ground law and all this other stuff. Right? They can live on the offensive. And know that they're going to get away with certain things. I cannot travel that way through this earth. It all started when I was 11 years old. That's when the trauma really started to happen. And you know what's funny? When you tell people about it, they act as if you are making it up. So how can a person begin to heal when you try to talk about it and people go, you know what? That was in your past. You should be over that. True. Maybe, maybe not. We're all dealing with traumas. Now, again, I say for me, it did begin at 11. Now, am I going to let the traumas take me out of this world? Absolutely not. Do I know that they are people who want me to fail? Absolutely. But why do you want me to fail so badly? Why do you want me or my brothers or my sisters or my people to fail so badly? We are hurt people. We are a hurt nation, and there has not been any type of national healing that has gone on. Because people keep sweeping the traumas under the rug. We do what we do to survive. We have to take care of our families and ourselves. We do, myself included. Now, this year, I've committed to myself to finally probably go and talk to someone about some of my traumas, which have probably kept me back from a few things in my life.
unfortunately. I'll just be open with you about it. Somebody has to say it. I can almost guarantee you that most men whom are locked up in prison made a decision based off of some type of trauma they experienced. Not saying right or wrong, because wrong is wrong, right? There's no excuse for that. But if we did a poll, an interview with the many men and women for that matter whom end up incarcerated, a lot of them will probably tell you at some point they experienced some trauma that they did not get a chance to heal from and therefore reacted in a different way. And there, by the grace of God, there go I. I tell you, I tell you, because there have been many, many situations that came up in my life. If I had made the wrong decision, I would have been on the other side. Now, sometimes, occasionally, do I lose my temper? Yes. Am I a bad person because I lose my temper? No. I don't think so. There are positive emotions in this life and there are negative emotions in this life. But we have to learn to manage ourselves through the crisis. But no one really gives us remedies for us to be able to manage ourselves through the crisis or through the trauma so that we don't hurt ourselves mentally, hurt ourselves physically, or then in turn hurt other people. And they keep saying hurt people, hurt people. Yes, they do, because nobody's really dealing with it. Nobody has the time to talk about it. Everybody's about getting this money and nobody's about, oh, my gosh, can I sit and actually listen to this person and hear them out, hear their pain, acknowledge it. Tell them I have some pain, too. We have something in common. But guess what? I'm going to help you. You're going to help me. And we're going to get through this thing together. There's no judgment. There's unconditional love in it. And I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to help you heal. Does that happen? I don't know. I don't know, good people. Sometimes I get a little animated, I know. And I'm never trying to preach to anyone. But there are so many things. If we open our eyes and we truly begin to look in the mirror at ourselves, not at anybody else, but truly that man in the mirror. And I know it's cliche to say like that man in the mirror, right? I'm asking him to change his ways. The message could have been any clearer, right? If you want to make the world the better place, look at yourself, look, look your, just look at yourself and make the change. I was trying to remember the lyrics as I look at this Michael Jackson picture. Well, what are we going to do? So I'm trying to be a part of that change. But I know in order to try to be a part of the change, I also have to acknowledge my pain. And I can't sit on a podcast or try to write a motivational book for you to try to come out of some of your traumas and not tell you about mine. And maybe one day we will go deeper in depth about my personal trauma. Maybe one day we will. But I got to tell you, sometimes I get absolutely tired. I get tired. And I know you get tired 
of having to deal with stuff and people's stuff and them putting stuff on you and telling you whom you are and telling you how bad you are and not encouraging you and telling you how beautiful you are, what an amazing soul you are, what, a, what a, an amazing gift it is to have you in the room, in the space, bringing the energy that you bring, bringing the love that you bring, bringing all of your beautiful, beautiful self to the space, to the room, to the workplace. What do we do if we actually reverse some of the negative stuff that we give so many people? I can't tell you. I can't personally tell you how much I long for simple things. And I keep longing for them. But what I can do is I can try to give out what I truly want. If that makes sense. And maybe I'll never really experience it in my lifetime. Maybe I won't. I do believe that I'm worthy of it. I do believe that at some point in my life, then maybe I won't be judged or maybe I won't be looked at a certain way or maybe I won't be told that I'm so-called B-A-D when in fact I'm just H-U-M-A-N, exclamation point. My favorite book, it says, all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory. All men. There's no perfect man or woman walking religious or unreligious. There's no perfect person. There is not. We are, we're all dealing with some type of something. But knowing that and acknowledging that, a lot of people refuse to do. Some people say, oh my gosh, you've been married for 50 years. How did you do it, right? <laughs> my parents have been married for over 50 years. You've been married for 50 years. This, what's, the, what's your secret? <laughs> you ever heard that before when you meet older couples and people say, what's your secret? You should write a book. And those two people look at each other and they're just like, we can't even believe we made it. Through all the trauma, through all the stuff, through raising children, through our daughter getting pregnant, through our son falling prey to crack and we rescuing him from a son being incarcerated and, and thinking his life was over and we talked about it and we meditated about it and we came through that, through losing our house, through foreclosure, through all of this, we made it through. Made it through the traumas lifting each other up, building each other up. Well, good people, I have made some mistakes along the way. And I prayerfully hope that I can totally heal from these things before my journey is over. This podcast is... A healing place. I would like it to be a healing place. I would almost like to like it to be Eden. And I'm not trying to be religious here. Eden defined is probably a beautiful place somewhere. Right? What do you imagine in your mind? I imagine this podcast to be an Eden for someone. 
a place of healing, a place of discovery, a place of cultures being exchanged, a place where people might actually have dialogue. Maybe there's some type of podcast party that can happen where you listen to a podcast, you invite five or six people over, and then after the podcast is over, you begin discussion. And then after that podcast, maybe there's a healing that goes on between three or four people. Also in one of my favorite books, it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there will I be in the midst, in agreement. When people are in agreement with things, healing can happen. When people are in agreement with things, businesses can be built. When people are in agreement with things, lives can be changed. When people are in agreement with things, Money flows. Let us all for a second close our eyes and say, I am in agreement with love. I am in agreement with peace. I am in agreement with unlimited potential. I am in agreement with abundance Abundance, abundance. I am in agreement with money. I am in agreement with money. I am in agreement with healing. I am in agreement with healing. I am in agreement with you. I am. I am. You are, you matter, you are special, you are tremendous. You are a gift to this world. Each and every one of you under the sound of my voice. Then again, I'm not saying anything that you have not heard before. I'm trying to do it in a different way. So if you can, pass this podcast on to someone, to a co-worker. How are you actually treating your co-worker? How are you, Mr. CEO? How are you treating your employees? Do you know that that employee actually lost their mother last month? And maybe they, their performance is going down because they're dealing with some trauma because they lost their mom? Could you possibly, Mr. CEO, go, let me, let, let me, uh, let me take Bob out to breakfast and let's have a talk because his performance is going down. So let me say, Bob, I heard that you lost your mom. And I know losing a mom is a, very, very difficult thing to get through. But I want to talk about your performance and I want to talk about how special you are and what a gift it is to have you in my company. And then what happens when Bob is that manager and he hears it from the CEO and then Bob is now trickling it down into every department. And then you have a total restoration that happens in your company. Because we all are in agreement to say, if you work for my company and you happen to be going through some pain, I'm going to acknowledge your pain. And we're going to agree that you can get through this, that you can be better, that you can keep living and not die with the person who died. But keep their legacy alive by doing well. As a company, we can do that. As a household, we can do that. Let's all strive to be better people. Let's all strive to make our households a little better, myself included. I do want my children to have the best in this world. And when daddy messes up, I have to say, daddy, 
messed up. Daddy slipped a little bit. But prayerfully, there would not be many more of those moments. So when I do slip up, I do have to acknowledge it because if I want them to understand that when they mess up, they have to acknowledge it, right? We fall down, but we get back up. This is how we build and we heal from the traumas. I don't want my children to experience any trauma close to the trauma that I grew up with. My son, I do not want him to experience the trauma of getting pulled over by police and being harassed or having guns drawn on him or someone telling him, I'm gonna take you out of this world. For my daughter, I pray no one ever tell her that she's not a beautiful soul. I pray that she never experiences the trauma of someone trying to make her an object. I pray that she never experienced the trauma of someone trying to take advantage of her. I put that out into the universe for protection for them, and I pray pray protection for your children as well. Because we know there are some people out here whom have lost their minds. But let's be in agreement by the end of this podcast that we're going to do the best we can to call maybe five or six people and be in agreement with them that we will try to this year talk about groups bringing healing from the traumas that we have all experienced. Maybe we can start having small group meetings about healing from the trauma and really listening and hearing people and just not see people with big houses and go, they don't have any problems. Look at their house. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Don't live your life for the outside world. Live Live your life for what's happening inside of your family. Insulate yourself. Pray a hedge of protection around you and your family. That's what I do. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that it encouraged you in some way, shape, or form. Please, please, please pass it on to someone. It's only $5 to subscribe so that I can continue to bring you beautiful content. You are beautiful souls. You matter. You are wonderfully made. I will talk to you a little later.